welcome to the special edition of the Strategy Driven Podcast, an interview with Adrian Ott, author of The 24-Hour Customer. On behalf of the entire Strategy Driven team, I would like to welcome you to this special edition of the Strategy Driven Podcast, an interview with Adrian Ott, author of The 24-Hour Customer. The Strategy Driven Podcast focuses on the tools and techniques executives and managers can use to improve their organization's alignment and accountability to ultimately achieve superior results. These podcasts elaborate on the best practice and warning flag articles found on the Strategy Driven website at www.strategydriven.com. In this special edition podcast, Adrian Ott shares with us her insights on the impact of time on customers' buying decisions, how to identify the time value impacts associated with a product or service, the market opportunities created by the impact, and then how to formulate and position one's offerings to create increased time value and earn more sales. And so now, without any further delays, let's get started. We are privileged to be joined by Adrian Ott, author of The 24-Hour Customer, New Rules for Winning in a Time-Starved, Always-Connected Economy. Adrian is the CEO and founder of Exponential Edge, a management advisory firm that assists leading global corporations in identifying and building new roads to revenue. Consulting Magazine called Adrian one of Silicon Valley's most respected strategists. She has worked with some of the most innovative Fortune 500 and startup companies in the world, helping them gain a market edge in today's exponential economy. Prior to founding Exponential Edge, Adrian was an HP executive who was recognized in an annual report for infusing HP with new revenue streams and new technologies and new business models. She holds an MBA from the Harvard Business School and a Bachelor of Science degree from UC Berkeley. Adrian, welcome to the Strategy Driven Podcast. Thank you, Nathan. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm thrilled to have you on the show. And not only did I love your book, but there were a great many of other folks that loved it as well. In fact, you just received the Reader's Choice Award from Small Business Trends, and there were 40,000 votes that were cast during that competition, and your book came out on top. And not only did you get the Reader's Choice Award, I also understand that you were the number one marketing book and number three overall of the 110 books that Small Business Trends was reviewing. So congratulations. Thank you, Nathan. I was very honored to have gotten that for the book. It was very nice and, and just really appreciative of all the support that uh, everyone gave to the book. That, and that is a phenomenal accomplishment. So we're privileged to have you on the show. And now, you know, I found your book provided such a, a phenomenally unique perspective on how customers value time. And you know, so often when I work with folks, 
they consciously think about the value of time as being associated with the time value of money. And that would be inflation or, or depreciation. Uh, a lot of folks think of, you know, can I get net 90 terms instead of net 30-day terms, uh, things of that sort. But would you describe for us what you see as the money value of time as it relates to our customers and their buying decisions? Yeah, actually the concept, the money value of time, terms, turns the time value of money on its head. And it's really focused on what innovators and marketers need to think about, which is really how time factors into decision-making for our customers. Mm -hmm. And so it's really not about net 30 or net 90, but it's really about something that I call time value trade-offs. And when we make time value trade-offs, we do factor time into our decisions every day. But when I went out and conducted my research on this, I found that companies spend tremendous amount of effort on understanding demographics and pricing about their customers, but they spent scant attention and resources on really understanding how time factored into the decision-making process. And so as you can imagine, we all factor time into everything that we do, yet when businesses are overlooking this, they're missing an opportunity. Yeah, and I think not only are they overlooking it, but in, in my experience, I mean, it's, it's not even part of so many businesses' equation when they consider That's correct. Yeah. yeah, that's absolutely correct. And so I've actually put an equation into the book, and it's a very simple equation to try and highlight how to think about it, and it really is that the value of the offering has to be greater than the price plus the customer time investment. Mm -hmm. Now, Adrian, you also put something else in the 24-hour customer that I, I really appreciated because I'm, I'm a visual person, and so it, it's a graphic, and, and you called it the timographics framework, and it differentiated how customers allocate their time amongst various products and services. I was wondering if you could describe for our audience the timographics framework itself and then the kind of information that business leaders can get out of the framework after they plot their particular product or services within the, the four quadrants. Well, sure, Nathan. The demographics framework is a way to start to think about how customers prioritize their time and attention relative to your offering so that you can develop actionable steps to take for your business to, to better synchronize with uh, how the customer is perceiving your product or service. And what the Tomographics Framework is, is a four-quadrant framework, and it looks at high and low dimensions of both time and attention. And within that, you will end up with four key quadrants. The first quadrant are time magnets. These are the things that draw us in, and those tend to be motivationally oriented. If you think about how people are drawn to Facebook, mm -hmm. it's something that people actually want to spend or spend time willingly, and they lose all track of time. Hobbies and things like that also are time magnets. The second quadrant are time savers. These are tend to be convenience-oriented products, things that save us time or give us productivity. The third are time on automatic offerings. Mm -hmm. And these are habits, things that are either uh, habitual from a, 
brain habit perspective or things that tend to just run on automatic, such as automatic banking services that run in the background for us. These are things that we tend to outsource our time to and attention to, and we consciously don't want to pay attention to, but they still factor into how we prioritize uh, products and services relative to time and attention. Mm-hmm. And then the fourth are is... Uh, the fourth quadrant is time minimized, and a lot of products and services fall into that because we only have 24 hours in a day, and we really don't want to spend too much time, maybe other than just looking at the price of the product. Right, right. And, uh, you know, what I also found interesting was when you gave some examples of different products and services that fall into each group, if we took, for instance, the, the motivation group, uh, one of the examples you presented was Nike, and another was Disney. And highlights that products from across the price scale can fall in there. Cer- certainly, if you go to Disney World, if you're a family of four, that's a thousands of dollars expenditure uh, when, when you're thinking about spending a week there. Where you know you go buy Nike Nike tennis shoes if you go to the outlet mall or something, you buy them for fifty dollars or a hundred dollars, and it, it certainly isn't anywhere remotely close to the price scale that Disney is. And so it, it seems that regardless of where the price point of your, your product is, it can really fall into any of these four quadrants. Uh, that's correct. And you may end up segmenting your customers mm-hmm. based on these different quadrants because everybody has different preferences for time. Something that's a hobby and very important to one person may not be maybe a time minimized. I don't want to spend time on it for another person. But if you can start to segment your customers and think about them in terms of these timographic preferences, then you can start to understand how do you innovate for these people, how do you go to market for these people, and also it can define what kind of offering will best appeal. So in the Nike case, um, yes, for, for some people, the shoe, some people may say, I just want to get the least expensive running shoes out there. But for others that are very motivated and into running, they would appreciate the iPod Sport Kit, which is the Nike Plus line, which has a, a website and a community, and it has um, ways to track your training and how well you're doing. And if you're trying to train for a uh, marathon or triathlon, having that information and tracking that information is very much of a time magnet and and very tied to motivations. Absolutely. And and I picked those two things. One, because uh, it seems like we always do our our vacations at Disney. But I am am one of those Nike addicts. I, I can't think of another brand of tennis shoe that I've owned in the last 30 years. Other than Nike. Wow. So, so I, I'm definitely motivated for, for Nike. I, I love their product. Well, well, that's the opportunity when you are in the time, time magnet or, time, uh, or the motivation-oriented quadrant is people are motivated and want to spend time with you. And so the, the challenge there for uh, innovators and marketers in that, in that quadrant is keeping their time and attention and how to extend that time and attention. So if you, you'll notice, Facebook is adding all kinds of features to keep people on the site longer. And that's because more time is more money. And they have the privileged position that people willingly go in there every day. And to the extent that they can add games like Farmville and now Cityville, mm-hmm. and to the extent that they can add so, social commerce, 
capabilities. The longer they can keep people on those sites, the better because what's going to happen is what I call attention entropy. And this is an erosion of that position that, you know, we constantly are bombarded by, uh, you know, activities and products and services mm-hmm. eroding that motivation position. And to the extent that the company can maintain that position by innovating new products, new services, new ideas, and keeping the time and attention is really important. Well, now, Adrian, thinking about different customer segments, and, and we've spent some time talking about the motivation uh, segment, but of course there's the three others. If I'm a, a business leader and I have a product and I want to expand my reach, I want to start bringing in folks from some of these other quadrants, uh, are there some general or in principle alterations I should be thinking about in positioning my product so that I can span across multiple zones within the Timographics framework? Absolutely, Nathan. Um, One of the key things that I think is one of the biggest opportunities in this quadrant Mm -hmm. is so often marketers and executives think in terms of of the motivation or time magnet. How do I create a time magnet? But not all products and services really fit that category or fit that very well. There are times when we really want to reduce our attention. We want to outsource and, and give ourselves more time and and enable us to focus on perhaps our family or other things. And so this is where, for example, the habit or the time on automatic quadrant comes mm-hmm. in, in where people want to outsource their attention. A good example of that are banking services. Banking services are very important, yet we really don't want to think about it very much. We just want it to work Mm -hmm. and work when we want it. And so to the extent that we can purposefully reduce our attention, there is a huge opportunity in this quadrant to develop offerings, to, to create a habit, either either something that is um, a brain habit. Google is a great example of a brain habit. We're often running on Google, and it's etched etched into the limbic system of our brain. I mean, we don't even think about it. We're often running. And so Mm -hmm. this is why Google has been able to maintain their market share at around 65% in the search category. It's because it's etched into people's brains. That is a competitive fortress and a very tough position for any business trying to attack that. So so what's going to have to happen with Bing, and, and Microsoft's getting very smart about that with some of the things they're doing with Facebook, mm-hmm. is they're trying to create disruptive value for Bing, and that's the way that they're going to have to, they're going to, have to disrupt the habit. Okay. Okay, so they need to understand the habit, what's creating the habit, and then come up with various ways that their product can break that cycle. That's correct okay. because people people that are using something like Google, for example, are not even thinking about it. And so, uh, but there's other co- times, for example, in banking services where, or telco, um, internet subscription services, mm-hmm. things we get from the triple plays, yes. where we apply time value trade-offs. And so we're saying, okay, maybe my bank is not the least expensive on the block, but is it worth the time and hassle to switch? And that's the time value equation that I talked about previously, how it comes into play. We start to say, you know, what's going to take to change this service out versus other things I have going on in my life? 
And so it's not necessarily an economic equation. It's not always related to the financial and economic contract that we have. It's just relating to how we're factoring time into that sw- into those switching costs. Sure, and, and the banking industry is a great one. Uh, I mean, I think personally, of all the accounts I have with my bank that are paid automatically every month, and every time that the bank frustrates me, I go through that mental calculation of how many different companies would I have to notify of different, um, you know, a different bank account that they'd have to draw from, and go through the hassle of verifying that it worked for the first month or so, and inevitably I stay with my same bank. Absolutely, and that's and that happens for most consumers out there. I I don't know if you're aware, Nathan, but only 11% of people change banks every year. Oh wow! According to Javelin strategy and research. Okay. Yeah. Right. And and whereas on, on the flip side, I think of telephone services and, you know, contracts up every couple of years, I can take, take my phone number with me. It's nothing to bounce around phone service or uh, if you use, uh, you know, satellite dish for TV, they, they just don't have that uh, embedded time cost. Well, people. yeah, and, and what's, what's kind of interesting right now and what's happening is they are now creating these triple plays, and, and mm-hmm. actually what's interesting here is they're actually applying time value trade-offs into the triple plays because, like you said, it wasn't too much to change your phone services, but at the same time, when you have three services, the time and hassle to switch just became exponentially larger because you have to have these people come to your house and you have to schedule and perhaps schedule time off of work. Mm-hmm. And so this is where the time value trade-off increases. And so rather than holding people via contracts, they're holding people via time value trade-offs. Okay. Well, now, Adrian, it, we've talked about the value of time to our customers, how it influences their buying decisions, and some general alterations that can be made to products and services to increase or enhance their time value. If, as a business leader, I want to apply that now to my products and services, how can I pull all this knowledge together and create a cohesive go-forward strategy that you know, really lays out that roadmap that I need to mm-hmm. either create new value or enhance my existing revenue streams? Okay, well, um, there's a number of things that businesses can do, and um, I'm going to give you um, three three key ways. Okay. Uh, the first is to start to think about your product and service in relation to the time of graphics framework. How do the customers in your in uh, your how do your customers relate to your product or service relative to their time priorities? Is it something that is a time magnet for folks, or is it something that really people just want to get the price and move on? Okay. And how are the customers segment based on that? Do you have different segments of customers along those four quadrants? The four quadrants. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second thing you can do is you can start to rethink your business model. Another dimension that we haven't talked about yet in the book has to do with changing the boundaries of time as it pertains to your offering. And a good example of that is you can um, time slice your offering okay. to fit into people's schedules. Ah, okay. Kind of, kind of like um, uh, TiVo or uh, the DVRs do. 
Well, the DVRs are a good example of uh, another way to do it, and that is time shifting. Okay. And that's another way. So, so basically, you're changing the boundaries of time. You're making it fit into people's day. And TiVo is a great example. The movies on demand, Hulu, all those things. Uh, all those products and services, those are examples of time shifting. And time slicing would be breaking your product into smaller time chunks um, as opposed to shifting when people would consume your product, as you would see with time shifting. Um, time slicing, a good example of that is Twitter. Ah. Twitter broke blogging into 140 characters of communication. And so if you think about... Um, how many people don't have time to blog, they may have time to write down 140 characters. Sure. Well, I find that having a high value-added product or service isn't always enough because we also have to command the time investment on the part of our clients or our prospective clients so that they can learn about the products or service that we're offering. How do business leaders get the attention of the folks that they want to sell to so that they can actually grab enough time and attention to make the sale? And and does that change based on the timographic framework quadrant that their product or service is being offered from? Well, Nathan, that's a really great question, and there are triggers that I have identified in the book, and the trigger points are the times when we do pop our head up and we are willing to divert our time and attention to a product or service. And so one of the key points that I raise in the book is how we really need to start thinking, executives really need to start thinking in terms of these triggers as it pertains to customers. and. And these are times when people are willing to spend the time and attention and will, when we lose track of time. And a good example of the eight triggers is what I call prairie dog events. And um, if you're familiar with prairie dogs in the Midwest, they're known for popping their heads up and looking around. And similarly, as customers, you had mentioned the example of having difficulties with your bank. Mm -hmm. And that was a prairie dog event where you popped your head up and you started to evaluate alternatives. Okay. And so that is one of the eight triggers that I've identified in the book when people are willing to consider alternatives. Whereas if someone, if another bank had come to you when you're not having a prairie dog event, you might not be willing to consider it. Sure. Okay. Now that you mention it, I mean, I can think of that. It spans any time, anything from changing jobs to changing banks. I had a Prairie Dog event when I switched my cable provider, and it was just absolutely yeah. the uh, The existing provider was having a long duration outage, and someone came to me and happened to call on that particular day, and got me when I was frustrated. So I switched. Yeah, and this is where social media starts to become a great tool for these prairie dog events. And this is something that your audience could really take advantage of because oftentimes when people are Twittering or on their Facebook, they're expressing a prairie dog event. They're saying, wow, the 
service company didn't show up on time or I'm frustrated with XYZ or I'm looking for a new uh, product or service because I'm frustrated with what I have. And if a company can listen mm -hmm. for those Prairie Dog events and respond, many times that becomes an opportunity. Now, uh, certain triggers are stronger than others. Okay. And so, for example, you, you talked about the banking example. You looked at it, you thought, well, okay, the threshold was, it didn't cross your threshold for wanting to make that time value trade-off to switch. Mm -hmm. But there may be times when it is. Okay. Okay. So it, it's not just the, the trigger, but we need to cross the threshold as well for the, the value. That's correct. Offer. Okay. That's correct. So, so the threshold, um, but, but, the, but there are things you can do to lower that threshold. So, for example, if the bank comes to you with a concierge to help you make all the switches for, to help you oh. make the transition to those other banks and say, we'll take care of it for you. That just lowered your threshold, right? That, that would have actually killed my threshold. <laughs> I'd have made the switch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so these are some of the actions that executives can take as they can start to look at these, the, the, the costs uh, in terms of time and attention to change, and factor that in. So it's not just economic. It's not just the people are saying, "Wow, the cost of this." They're really evaluating according to time constraints and time priorities and how strong that trigger is as to whether they want to change or not. Sure. Now, Adrian, I wanted to ask, um, you know, executives are always looking to measure the performance of their company and especially any new initiatives or changes that they've made to see that they're getting the return on investment. And while sales is always a, a good indicator, uh, it's a lagging indicator. Are there some indicators that business leaders can look at to see if their time value initiatives are being successful, especially in the shorter term? I think that's a really interesting question. And what I would really take a look at mm -hmm. is with all of the social media out there, as I mentioned, taking a look at that relative to customer service and perhaps how many cries for help. Okay. That you see out there as you're monitoring social media? Are you seeing your own customers on social media mm -hmm. or through their networks? And this may not, may not just be online. It can be offline as well. It could be looking at your um, calls into your call center. But I would, I would really look at those and just understand to what extent are you hearing cries for help from your customers? Right. And, and I'm, I'm taking it that the cries for help we want to focus on because uh, often if we're fully satisfied with something, we're not as likely to uh, go say something or call a call center to say, hey, I just wanted to say thank you, uh, as we are if something's not going right. That's correct. And I would also recommend that uh, you actually go out and do some of your own mystery shopping. Oh. Go out and call your call center or call your business or or go and try and assemble your product or service and, and try to go through the buying process. But don't just do the buying process. Also set it up, consume it, spend some time with it and, and, and assess it from your own time perspective. Sure. Be become the customer, in other words. Become the customer, but look at it with a lens of time and attention that's required. Okay. 
Okay. Well, Adrian, before we close, you have two websites. The first one is www.24hourcustomer.com, and the 24 is the number 24. And then you also have a website. It's www.exponentialedge.com. And both provide additional resources and insights into the time value impacts of products and services. Could you tell our listeners a little bit about your website and the kind of information that they can find there? Sure. The 24-Hour Customer website is really more about the book itself and about the concepts of timeonomics or time value economics and timographics. And so you can learn more there about a lot of the concepts that we discussed today. The Exponential Edge website is my company website, and we provide services to companies to help them apply the latest business models and technology to their business and, and, and apply these concepts, and you can learn more about what we do there. Great. Well, great. Adrian, I want to thank you not only for your time but for sharing your insights on the time value of products and services and how they impact our buyer's decisions. I thoroughly enjoyed your book, in particular for the immediately implementable recommendations that you shared on how to add or even create new customer value and then, by doing so, create new revenue streams. I hope our listeners will pick up a copy of The 24-Hour Customer, but more importantly, I hope they'll put your approaches to work so that they can heighten their organization's value proposition, and then ultimately improve their bottom line results. So thank you again for joining us. Thank you, Nathan. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this special edition of the Strategy Driven Podcast. I would like to personally thank Adrienne Ott for being with us today and sharing her insights on the time value impacts of products and services and how to realize improved bottom line outcomes because of them. As always, we would appreciate receiving your feedback by email at podcast at strategydriven.com. If you enjoyed the show, please consider voting for us on Podcast Alley and visiting our website at www.strategydriven.com. You can find more information about Adrian Ott and the 24-Hour Customer at www.24hourcustomer.com. Until next time, so long.